Welcome to Ocala Hustle. This podcast will tell the story of Ocala business. Our guest today is Ben Marciano, CEO of The Zone Health and Fitness. Ben, welcome. Thanks for having me, Clay. I really appreciate you joining us. So we want to feature businesses here in the Ocala area and talk a little bit about not necessarily where you are, but kind of what's brought you to where you are. Sure. So I've known you for 10 or 12 years now, and I've seen a little bit of kind of where you were and where you are now and, and the kind of journey of the zone. But there's a lot I don't know and would love to learn more about. Okay. So talk to me a little bit. I remember when you first took over, uh, it was Brick City... Health and fitness? You got it. Yep. What did you inherit? Well, um, you know, it was actually another gym, but even before that, it was called Compass Health and Fitness, yep. which you know. Yep. Um, but uh, I took over a facility that had a pretty bad culture and stigma attached to it. Um, nothing against um, the, the person who owned it, did the best he could with the resources he had at the time. But um, it, we had about 30 employees at the time, about 1,000 members. And um, it was, um, it, it just, there was a lot of opportunity for changes and growth there. Okay. Say. So. so how did you, like, what was your plan? How did you assess what needed to be done? Yeah. And then how do you attack that? Yeah. So before I bought the gym, I, uh, I was in the gym quite a bit to see all the opportunities and issues. But uh, we had researched, first of all, I've been in the industry for 20 years. Right. So I had a pretty good playbook from all my experience um, yep. running other people's businesses for them. A lot of times people want to just jump in. They think they can run a business. I see that a lot today with, yep. with younger people. But it was all the experience I gained from running other people's businesses that helped me be successful in my business. Sure. But we also traveled. Danielle and I took a road trip and actually traveled and visited other gyms across the country that we thought had good concepts that we wanted to mimic um, designs Um, but we knew that it was all going to be about the culture that we created and the systems that we put in place that would determine the success of that facility yeah so you so what you got was something where there's some cultural issues and you knew that that was core to being successful absolutely so I feel like that was also what you inherited when you went to the Y Sure. Maybe not to the same extent. Maybe there's some differences, but it strikes me that you've gone into multiple situations where there's been cultural issues. And like when we went through the facility today, you can tell that it just has a strong culture. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you go into a weak culture and transform it? Sure. And the why definitely was a lot better than what I inherited um, at Zone, but there was a lot of opportunity for change and growth. One thing we look at, a lot of times people look at skill set and things like that. We really focus in on their heart. Mm. And the big thing we want to know is do they care and want to serve people? If they have a passion for that, then they're going to be in the right industry. Right. We do want skill set. Um, and that's a bonus, but the most important thing that can't be missed is that. Um, we also, uh, one of the things that we did, uh, Clay, I'll admit early on, I know you know that, that you know me, I'm a driver, I'm about results, I'm about numbers. Yeah. And um, that can get old to employees if they don't see the personal aspect to it. And, sure. and it happened at Zone. We were super successful early on. Burnt a lot of people out. Um, they never. They felt like there was almost a, never a win or an opportunity mm-hmm. there for them because it was always yeah. what's next. And uh, I had to look at myself and say, I obviously have to change. You know, do I want to be remembered as a guy that made gym successful or that helped develop people to be better? Wow. And I wanted yep. to be the guy that helped people to to be better. That's when I feel most filled and fulfilled. Um, so the last. I bet that was 
a lesson like you'd never would have expected that. No. Because yeah. you were driven by numbers. Yeah. Your, your definition of success was yes. the success of the business. You got it. And now you're shifting that. Correct. So what, what do you think success is now? Uh, to me, I, I really, it's about how many people I can help. Mm -hmm. um, and I get my most fulfillment out of developing leaders, like developing people to get their, their, the most out of themselves. Uh, so for me, it's, it's literally, I got two. I wake up every day and ask God how I can serve him mm -hmm. and how I can serve others. If I accomplish mm -hmm. those two, I feel good about my day. Yeah. So that's a high bar to set. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is. No, but I mean, if you think about it, like when you, like the fact that, so Nicole's still running the Y mm -hmm. and she was someone that had worked with you while you were there. Mm -hmm. So you had that where you were developing leaders, but maybe your method was a little yeah. challenging. Yeah. And I'm sure Nicole would say that today, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I, I know that, but yeah, I pushed them hard. Yeah. Um, listen, I always cared about people, but I made it too much about the results. Right. And uh, today, it's it's just different. The thing that we did to determine that really brought the light to this clay was um, we hired a consultant, Hal Meyer, to come in, and he did the five dysfunctions of a team with sure. my team. And we read the book, and he came in, and the first thing he asked was he asked, you know, do you trust the organization? And they each went around the room, and I could see that they didn't. And mm -hmm. it all started with me. Right. They didn't trust me. And that really broke my heart. Yeah. And I think most change happens when you're when you're hurt and you sure. realize that's not who you want to be. So it all started from that. And uh, it can be hard not to be defensive about oh, that. It was so hard. Yeah, I was. It was. I no, was, that's not me. Right, it's right, right, you. Right, right. So how did you like approach that and kind of check yourself? Well, I mean, I really, you know, how prepared me for it. He said, okay. listen, if they're going to be honest, what you want them to be, it's going to hurt you. And how you respond to this is so critical. If they see that you respond negatively, you're never going to be able to build that trust. Mm. So you shared that with me maybe a week ago when we caught up before this. Yeah. And what, what I thought about after that was, man, what trust they must have as a team to be comfortable sharing this. So like, do you feel, because clearly you felt like they were they wanted to express concerns, but was it maybe the consultant created an environment for that or they felt comfortable? Like, how did you, I mean, you must engender some level of trust for people to share that with you. Yeah, I, you know, I had started doing some one-on-one -on -one meetings with them, but the consultant really did kind of mm -hmm. set the precedence on that. And the one thing that he asked me to do is open up with identifying where my faults were and what I thought and apologizing for what I have felt that I have created. Sure. And by doing that, I think it opened the forum for them to be able to approach me and start being honest about some of the things they saw. So identifying your faults. Yeah. Was that an exercise of just, oh, okay, I get it. I know what my faults are. Or did you really have to search to understand what no, you thought? I've heard it enough to yeah. know. You know, my wife tells me all the time. <laughs> I got friends in my life that yeah. that tell me that. Are, you could have called. Yeah, I exactly. Been happy. I mean, yeah. No, I, I think like... Um, one of the things that I've learned is that if one person says to me, hey, you're not great at communicating, I can dismiss that as, as no, no, I know what I'm doing, I'm fine. But when person after person after person after person after person says it, you think to yourself, maybe there's something to bit. this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. No, that's great. It's clear that um, you know the culture has been built there. And, and so, I, I mean, just from even, you know, when you say that you hire for heart and wanting to serve, that like clicks. Yeah. Because when you, when I go in there, you you feel that from the first person to the you know everybody you get that from. So, 
definitely can see that. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to hear from you is like, I do know that you're a hard charging person mm -hmm. and that you probably put more pressure on yourself than anyone else. Yeah. So how do you balance that? How do you not burn yourself out? Yeah. <laughs> so up until about a month ago, um, it was funny. I was having this conversation with someone the other day through this whole COVID thing. Like I, I, I feel like I've grown and my team has grown tremendously. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have taken this time to uh, really try to grow myself. So one of the things that I've been doing is running out on the Santos Trail and listening to podcasts on how to balance my life, how to be mm. present, yep. how to be a better leader. And I'm really just trying to apply those principles daily. And um, so to, to tell you, this is a very new thing for me to not have that obsessiveness to want to constantly be better. I'm really trying to focus more on not what the future looks like, not what the past looks like, but what are we focusing on right now? And that's well, really it's been, hard. It's, it's been really hard, but I mean, you can train takes, your mind it takes to discipline. do that. It takes discipline. And uh, it's definitely a work in progress. So do you ever struggle with when you're at home thinking about work? All the time. When you're yeah. at work thinking about home? Did you call my wife before we had no. this interview? Okay. <laughs> yeah, she... No, but I mean, I, I have to like stop myself sure. and say, your kids are only this age for so long and like really you yeah. know, kind of make myself. So yeah. I wonder. And that's, that was really the reason more so than anything that I've said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta be able to develop leaders, mm. um, in, in my gym. Um, and ultimately I gotta be able to trust them. And a lot of the trust was on me right? because I was creating the situations where they always had to come to me for everything. And when I was able to really, so my, my thing is now when my people come to me, it's like, well, you tell me what your solution is Absolutely. and how you're going to handle yeah. it. And we just walk through it until they come up with the answer. Um, but by doing that, and I see them starting to do it, it gives me the opportunity now to start to break away and be present while I'm mm -hmm. at home. Because at right. the end of the day, what am I worrying about? I'm worrying if they're going to get it done when I'm not there, right? Yep. Or if it's going to be the way that I want it. But I got to give them the opportunity to do that. Because, I mean, and it's kind of cliche, but you'll discover that it's better than it was going to be yes. if you had done it, yeah. you know? Yeah, they've told me, you know, we're running so much better now that you're giving us the freedom to do it. And um, they're because they're working together as a group. Yeah. You know, it's really awesome. Uh, it makes total sense. Yeah. So you touched on, like, COVID. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I noticed when we were kind of in the thick of it is it seemed like you had made a determination that you were going to be visible and you were going to be out there talking about things, which I think human nature would say you want to throw your hands up because it was so far out of your control. Yeah. I mean, you were literally told you cannot operate your business. Yeah. So how did you make that? Like, how did you kind of have that resilience to just say, I'm not going to fold in. I'm going to push out. Yeah. You know, I really feel like... Um I mean, to be honest with you, I felt like it was a God thing. Like mm -hmm. I felt like there was a, a piece about it. I saw a lot of people acting the way that I, I thought, man, I don't want to act like that. I don't want to put my head in the sand and do nothing. Um, and I felt like not only the staff needed to see me as a leader and, and, and a constant, but also I wanted to be that for the community. And uh, so that was the mindset is yeah. every day we're going to work and, you know, we're going to make sure people are employed. We're going to make sure that we're doing stuff for the mm -hmm. community. We're going to make sure that we're getting better during this time. So there were days that it, it was extremely difficult. And I'll be honest, there were days I went home and I felt completely 
overwhelmed and exhausted. Mm-hmm. And those were the days that my wife would build me up. And um, I'd have good mentors in my life that said, hey, um, you're doing a great job. I see what you're doing. And that was the momentum I needed to keep going. Sure. You know, um, But I will tell you, during those moments, I actually felt better than hmm. moments than when I've been super successful at the gym. No kidding. Because I was helping people and I had a purpose. And mm, it just, that makes sense. It, it, yeah. felt, it felt really good. Yeah, no, it, 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 I think it really did lift the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much uncertainty, and I w- was worried about you, and I think I shared that yeah. with you, that, that I was concerned because there was no real path forward. Yeah. But, man, you guys grabbed the bull by the horns, and like I would love for you to talk a little bit about the recognition that you received kind yeah. of in your COVID response. Yeah. Uh, first of all, our community is amazing. So many people reached out to me and said, you know, we want to support you, mm-hmm. our county commissioners, our local government, you guys, my friends. I had friends say, listen, I just want to sign up and support you, you being one, which just meant the world to mm-hmm. me. Um, the staff, um, watching them all come together and be in a family, that to me, like I felt like we bonded and grew so much closer going through that tough time together. Um, and just hearing their appreciation for all that we were doing drove us to want to do more. Um, and then in fact, we were receiving, um, people were following us on Facebook all across the country and asking us, oh, really? um, what are the, how are you coming up with these procedures? Do you mind if we use them? We were getting media attention every day from the news and the newspaper. I bet you never uh, expected I, that. I, I didn't. I, right. I really didn't. But, um, and I asked them, I said, why, why are you, you know, want to do it? And they said, we just, we want to recognize you for all the good that you're doing in the community. And I just thought it was, it was great. It's so cool how you kind of went about doing this stuff almost yeah. just that. That's what you felt you needed to do. Yep. And then on the back end, the reward was there. It's there. That's mm-hmm. really incredible. Yep. So what do you think will be the lasting impact of COVID and the pandemic on the fitness industry? You know, personally, I, it depends on who you speak to. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of doom and gloom. I'm really optimistic about it. Um, the gyms that did a great job in how they took care of their members, how they took care of their employees and how they prepared coming out of this will do well. Um, facilities that did not do that will struggle. But overall, the industry, I think now is more important than ever. Because when you look at COVID, um, some of the the people that are struggling uh, the most are the ones with other complications, like diabetes, other chronic illnesses that are preventable through exercise and nutrition, Mm -hmm. right? So I think there's more of an awareness for that. In fact, when we opened, we had our best sales week in two years. People mm, funneled wow. through the doors. So I think people are aware of that. Um, as far as how we do business, it's gonna change. We mm-hmm. have to make sure that our protocols are different, how we sanitize and um, how we keep people safe. We sure. were doing a pretty good job on that, mm-hmm. but we've heightened it to a completely new level. Yeah. But I think that's good. You know, Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some of the cool things that came out of it for us, we started a virtual program that we, we always said we wanted to do. We just never had the time for yeah. it. So we started this virtual program. We gave it free all across. Anyone who wanted it got sure. it. And now we have it as a $10 a month membership. And we have all these people joining from all over for oh, this wow. program. So that's yeah. something that, that that's really cool that came out of this for us. I think that's true. And for us, that's the same like we we adopt we adapted or adopted technologies that we've been talking about. Yeah. And it just kind of fast forwarded that. Yeah. So that's really cool that, that happened with you. I think there's a 
community aspect of going to the gym yeah. that you can't replace with a bike or you know whatever the thing that you hang your clothes on after a few months <laughs> right you know right, right, I think right. we have a couple of those at the house and I think that's the biggest thing that people are looking forward to coming back and have that socialization yeah. and uh, we were talking one day uh, the staff and we said you know I don't <clears throat> I don't agree with the social distancing mm-hmm. phrase I, I agree with physical distancing because we need each other mm. in fact I shared one time you know walking through the gym a lot of days there were staff there sometimes there were but it felt empty mm. the day they all came back and we were able to like be with each other it was so uplifting yeah so we need each other right but Absolutely. i think it should be physical distancing and not the social distancing i saw you did a post on that i thought yeah. that was really well done mm. so talking about competition in your industry it is ultra competitive it is so i wondered you know i know you keep an eye on what's going on with the competition how do you look at that and say we need to be us versus someone's doing something that we need to adapt to. Yeah. And there's always going to be a new shiny toy that comes mm-hmm. to town yeah. with better equipment. It might be a nicer facility. The thing that they can't replicate is your staff and your culture. Yeah. And that's where we put a lot of our attention. Um, as far as being cutting edge and, and um, on the cusp of something new with the industry, I'm part of a group called the Rex Roundtable. And it's mm-hmm. some of the top health club owners across the country. And we meet on a monthly basis and discuss strategies and business plans and what's new out there. And all the vendors talk to us. Mm-hmm. And that's been extremely helpful for me to keep me up to par. But the thing that no one can compete with us sure. on is our staff and our culture. Well, it's not to say, I mean, your equipment's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a beautiful facility. Yeah, it's but there's crazy. always someone that can build a nicer facility, yeah, right? right. But what we focus on is the experience and the product. Thank you for joining Ocala Hustle. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. Please subscribe and like our channel for more videos like this.